Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. We have a little bit of late-breaking news. I don't want to say it's late-breaking, but it is essentially late-breaking because it's late my time. And I want to break this news for you so you will understand what's happening. And I want to make sure you give me my credit because I told you this was going to happen. I called it was going to happen. I'll even tell you what episode it was that I called out this was going to happen for you so you can go back and listen to that episode and remember that I told you they were going to do this because this is how that all works. So what am I talking about? What is Leicester talking about? What I'm talking about is the much-touted fight between Javante Tank Davis and Raleigh Romero. That was supposed to happen a while ago, remember? And then Raleigh Romero had some chick come out of nowhere and start accusing him of all sorts of stuff. So then Raleigh has to back out of the fight. Tank has to fight Isak Cruz. Of course, Isaac Cruz gives him all he can handle because he's a late replace. And as we see, late replace, it's always difficult for guys to deal with late replace fighters. That fight still told us some things. It told us that, hey, look, we've got something here with Isaac Cruz. And PBC has been milking that. They've been going, going after it, going for it, going as much as they can, using as much as they can of it. And so now, fast forward, and after Isaac Cruz, people have been calling out Tank Davis. They think that he's a soft touch. They think that... Isaac Cruz is a bum. There were a couple of people that called Isaac Cruz a bum, said he has no chance and, you know, against anybody in the top top levels of the division, even though he took basically the top guy in the division in, in terms of style, skill, and draw. Let's talk. Let's be clear. The top guy in the division on those terms took him all the way to the limits, and we don't know that anybody else could have done the same thing. Now, when I talk about this, ultimately, what happened back way back when, when this was initially announced, people were saying, okay, good, Raleigh's done. He's finally going to get his comeuppance and go to jail and all this. Did not happen. They did an investigation. After the investigation, the investigators couldn't find any evidence that they were to legitimize what this chick's claim was. And remember, I said that that was going to be the case. I specifically said, unless you're coming with some evidence, it's going to be really hard to prove a case to the point that these guys are going to take this fight off the table. It's a big fight. It's a grudge match. They know it sells. Both guys have big mouths. It's the kind of fight that's going to draw money, regardless of what you think about either guy. So that fight's apparently now back on schedule because the WBA has ordered that title fight now. They want Raleigh Romero as the mandatory. So regardless of all the accusations and all that stuff, I told you it wasn't going to matter. Business came first. Money came first. And now they're saying, nope, Raleigh's the mandatory. We want that fight to happen. Start doing negotiations. You got 30 days. Figure it out. So essentially, they're forcing them to go in an agreement. And of course, because they had already agreed to fight before, this should not be too hard. Both guys are under Mayweather promotions. Leonard Ellaby has already said that, yes, we want to do that. And I'm pretty sure the steam hasn't slowed down. If anything, it's probably spiked because Raleigh sees what happened with Isak Cruz and thinks he can get in there and take take, take out. And in the book, he's going to look at the Isak Cruz performance and they're going to say, okay, well, Raleigh might have a chance. Do, do, do. Here's my take on it. Once this fight gets signed, and hopefully there's not another chick coming out accusing Raleigh of something again, and hopefully Raleigh doesn't show up in his pimp uniform, but once this fight gets signed and we move it forward, my call is still on Tank Davis, not because Raleigh's not any good, but because Raleigh, I don't think he's going to be able to catch Tank like he thinks he can because the difference is, Isak Cruz, stylistically, is a completely different fighter than Raleigh Romero. Raleigh Romero depends on you making a mistake. If you don't make a mistake, he's nowhere near as efficient or effective. Tank Davis doesn't need you to make a mistake. He's able to trap you into a mistake, which is something that people take for granted about him. 
he's able to trick you into making mistakes. What happened with Isak Cruz is different because you were dealing with a young, hungry lion that is stylistically challenging to fight. I called it basically the modern-day Mayweather-Castillo, and people don't understand what I mean. What I'm saying is if you go back to Floyd Castillo 1, and regardless of what you thought, Floyd got his hand raised. I had Floyd win in the fight, close fight. But in that fight, you have, again, a dirty fighter who's coming forward because Castillo was dirty in that fight. You end up with an injury during the fight, which was Floyd back then and then Tank now. Everything was a direct parallel in terms of the outcome of the fight and then people screaming that there was a robbery, just like back then. There was no robbery. It was a close fight. Could have gone either way, depending on how you scored the fight. The only thing that was different is you didn't have excessive low blows or rabbit punches. But regardless of this, people are looking at this and thinking the Tank's on the slide. He's not on the slide. He was dealing with a late-replaced fighter that he didn't prepare for. Ultimately, it's not like Isak Cruz is a bum. He's not a bum. And when you're a late replace, it's harder to get ready because you are training for somebody totally different. Stylistically, they're not even close. So to me, once this fight gets signed, I still lean Tank Davis because I think Tank's going to be too talented for Raleigh. It's not about power, I don't think. It's about skill, talent, boxing skill. Now, because it's a grudge match, we don't know how the emotions are going to play a factor in the fight. Whether these guys are just going to go and throw for the fences, we don't know any of that yet. What we do know is that it's going to be an exciting fight regardless. The fans are going to dial in, and it's going to sell major tickets, and it's going to get eyes on the product, and that's always a good thing. And then, of course, if Raleigh does manage to pull off the upset, of course, guaranteed Ryan Garcia is going to be calling him out immediately after that because Ryan's trying to come back, and he's talking about, you know, as people online call him crying Garcia because he's talking about his emotional issues and, everything else. So he's going to be back in the mix. We still need to sort out what's going to happen with CM Punk, Cambosis, and whether he's going to fight Loma or Haney. People are now coming around to what I said, which is he really should fight Lomachenko, not Haney, because I think Haney is an easy work for Haney win. I don't want to see that yet. I want to see Loma get the shot he deserves against Cambosis out in Australia, and let's see if Loma's really on the slide or if Cambosis is really that good. Let's solve that mystery first it's a bigger money fight it helps cambosis get more notoriety so that if cambosis pulls out the win it's a bigger fight when he fights haney because haney's not a draw that's what i got for you here tank davis and raleigh romero is back on folks and we don't have a date yet but 30 days they have to figure something out otherwise it goes to a purse bid because raleigh is the mandatory this is a lightweight order by the wba tune in and i'll give you any updates as i get them